My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Hallelujah. If you receive that blessing upon you, I want you to just lift your hands and receive it. I want you to receive it by faith. I want the Spirit of the Lord to come upon you and impart that blessing to you. He is for us, church. He is for us. He is on our side, fighting our battle, helping us to win, to defeat the enemy, to move past every adversity and into the light of his glory. And may that blessing come upon you and that light and favor shine into your life and direct your steps and lead you to the way everlasting. So good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I really appreciate all of you, and I bless you and your precious families in the wonderful name of Jesus. I do have some great news. I do have good news. We're going to start church again next Sunday, May the 3rd. And so somebody ought to give a shout out. Somebody ought to shout amen. You could do a dance right there in your living room or wherever you might be, even if you're still in your pajamas. You ought to be able to shout out a little bit. But tonight I'll be giving you more instructions about that. I'm not going to do that this morning, but tonight I will give you more instructions concerning that. So please connect with us tonight at 6 p.m. for those instructions. And Brother Art Wilson and Brother Lee Stone King will do a a discussion that they recorded earlier, very uh, wonderful insights that I think will be a blessing to you. And then Wednesday night, we're gonna have a discussion with Brother Chris Durant, our ER doctor of West Florida. My wife will also be joining us on Wednesday evening for that discussion. And then Thursday night, we're gonna be right here online. Brother Daniel Strobel will be preaching. Friday night, Brother Josh Herring will be preaching here uh, in the sanctuary online. Thank you for staying strong and for all of your giving. Thank you for being the awesome people of God that you are. Be encouraged, the Lord is for us and the blessing of the Lord is upon us. Now, for the word of God, Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 through 30. I have read these scriptures many times. And I have studied them, I've preached from them, and yet something appeared in the text that I hadn't noticed before. And I want to share it with you, and I think if you will consider it, you will understand and value what the Lord wants to speak to you this morning. And Jacob was left alone. There wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. 
And he said, I will not let thee go except you bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And here's what I noticed that I had not noticed before. And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place. Jacob decided that where he was, although it was a nondescript place, it wasn't a city, it wasn't a synagogue, it wasn't a sanctuary, he decided to name the place Penel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. It matters what you name things. It matters where you are in life that you put the right name on things. But notice this, and he blessed him there. The question I asked is where in the world is there? For wherever there is, I want to be there. I want to find that place. Whatever place that is, is there a way we can find it? Are there any instructions here that would help us get there? Because wherever there is, I want that blessing. And I'm not letting him go until he blesses me. And God's wanting us to get to that place. Because that's the place where God will bless us, and he will bless us there. We're going to pray right now and ask that this word would minister to our spirit and that God would lead us to that place, that we can find that place. Because a lot of people want the blessing of the Lord, but they don't want to go to the place where he can do it. They don't want to find that place, and we need to find the place. We need to put the right name. We need the right attitude to be received into the presence of the Lord. No matter, no matter where we are, God can bless us there if we know how to do that. Father, I thank you for this wonderful word, and I ask that you would minister it to our very spirit and that we would, in faith, claim that blessing and follow you to the place and go to that place where you will bless us in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. When Jacob asked the angel to tell me, I pray thee thy name, Jacob received a very gentle rebuke because the angel wasn't going to gratify Jacob's curiosity. I think the days of just coming to church and being curious about what's happening is over. We need to come to church to seek God and to receive his blessing and to say, I'm going to hold on to you until you bless me. The angel was a messenger from God with a blessing. And it's true that God may not answer all of your questions and all of your prayers because Jacob's question went unanswered and the angel never did give him his name. But you see, sometimes God knows how to answer your question and it's far more valuable and it'll enrich you far more than all the answers to your questions. Because I'd rather have the blessing of the Lord on my life 
than to have an answer to all my questions. Why did this happen? Why did we have to go through this? What's going on? I don't have to have an answer to all of that, but I do need the blessing of the Lord on my life. And I have this confidence that God can bless us right here, right where we are, if we'll find that place in him. You see, we can afford not to know the angels' names, but you can't afford not to have the blessing of the Lord on your life. You can't do without the blessing. Jacob gained this blessing as a result of being in a night of prayer. And if you think that's an easy exercise, you think it again because the spiritual is a lot harder and it can make you weary doing the spiritual exercises. As a matter of fact, Joshua was not weary of fighting in the valley, but Moses' hands began to grow weary when he held them up in prayer. Prayer is harder than war, according to the scripture. But Jacob gained a powerful blessing in that prayer. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to seek God's face. I'm going to pray. I'm going to declare. I'm going to advance beyond even my wildest imaginations because just one night in prayer, one moment of prayer, you can gain spiritual insight and advancement. So what kind of a blessing are we talking about? I want to know what am I asking God for? Is this just some kind of deal where God just comes in and touches me for a moment and then it doesn't have any future effect or benefit or a reason for it? No, I don't believe that's the kind of blessing we're talking about here. We're not talking about the bless me people that I just want a blessing for the moment so I can go on and live my life the way I want to. I want this blessing to transform me. Well, first of all, it was deliverance out of great trouble. He said that Esau was on his way to do him hurt. Esau was on his way to take out his family. And he knew that he needed heaven's shield to cover him and protect him. And he needed deliverance out of trouble. I believe that the blessing that we're talking about is that God can deliver you out of every trouble. Not just one trouble, not just the trouble that you think is within reason. Even if it's an impossible situation, God can deliver you out of it. God can deliver you out of great trouble. But this blessing was also reconciliation with his brother. This gave Jacob the privilege to live in the promised land in peace and to prosper without being harassed by an evil brother who felt like he had been done wrong and it was a grievous wrong. But Esau forgave him because Jacob spent a night in prayer. Jacob spent a night in prayer and I think it was worth it to obtain the blessing of being reconciled with his brother and his family. And I think reconciliation is the ministry of the church, bringing people together, resolving conflicts, laying down bitternesses, but God also healed Jacob's heart. That's the kind of blessing that came on him because God removed the bitterness out of his spirit. You can be reconciled with your brother but still hold in your heart the bitternesses of the things that he has done. But I've been blessed by the Lord. God not only has reconciled me with my brother, he's also healed my heart. My heart is free of hate. My heart is free of bitterness. And now I can worship with such liberty because I know that I've been forgiven and I have forgiven others as well. But Jacob's heart was not only healed, it was changed. 
God anointed him with fresh oil from that moment. And he arose halting upon his thigh. But he was a better man. He was not just better by title. God didn't just change his name. God changed his nature. And that's what I'm asking the Lord to do right here, right now, in the midst of this crisis, is to bring a blessing on you that'll change your nature. The nature of church needs to change. We need to quit coming to church and being entertained. We need to come to church and worship. We need to get a hold of God and say, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Jacob had received not only all of these blessings, but he had received a fulfillment of the prophetic word. God said, I'll take care of you. I'll bring you back here and I'll give you this land as a possession because I'm going to make you the priest of the family. Even though you're the younger son, I'm going to bring and I'm going to allow you to become the priest of the family. And I believe that if we can get to the place God wants us to be, the blessing that will come upon us will be the fulfillment of every prophetic word and promise God has given to us. I think we'll look backwards and say, God's been true to his promise. And I think we'll look forward and say, God is going to lead me into my prophetic future. God has taken care of us thus far. He's proven true to every word he said. But not only that, what he has said about the future is also going to be fulfilled. God is not going to let us down. He is going to be with us. And he blessed him there. And of course, what was this place? Where, where did Jacob really go to get this blessing, this choice blessing, this blessing that, that we just described and defined to you as something more than just being in the moment, but God is fulfilling a purpose. God is uh, fulfilling a word that he even spoke to Jacob's mama, and yet that, that word is being fulfilled in his life. Well, first of all, it was a place of peculiar trial because he had just gotten out of Laban's clutches. Laban almost bumped him off. And then now he's fallen in the hands of his brother Esau and Esau's headed with 400 men. And he knew and felt that his wives and children were in danger and were going to be destroyed. And everybody's fearful. That was a fearful trial. Just the fear of it would leave scars on your heart. And I'm wondering now if there are people that have, are afraid because of this virus and the things that have happened in our world, that your heart is scarred with fear. Will I come against that in Jesus' name? Because God can bless you there. If God can take the fear out of Jacob's heart, but he's not going to do it with you sitting at home and just being uh, uh, hiding in the closet and being afraid. He's only going to do it when you come to the place where I'm going to seek the Lord. Is it not the privilege of all of God's people that our severest trials are the times of our choicest mercy? I believe that God's got everything in hand. He blessed him there when he tried him. And God's going to try you. God's going to put you in the waters and in the furnace. And he's going to refine you again and again. And the hot coals are going to be heaped upon you. But he said, I will bless you where? There in the midst of the trial, in the furnace, in the situation, in the circumstance, God will bless you. It's also a place of pleading. 
Jacob had just spent a night in prayer, a wrestling match. He wasn't just, you know, saying, our father, I wish that you would put upon us the light of your favor, father. Oh, God, yes, Lord. I want to be blessed tomorrow when I go to work that I don't get chewed out by the boss and all this kind of nonsense. And that sounds good. And I'm not against you getting that blessing. I'm just simply telling you that's not the place you're going to get this blessing. That's not the kind of pleading, but it's the begging. It's that I'm not going to let you go till you bless me kind of. It's the kingdom of heaven separate violence and the violent take it by force. I wish somebody would take it right now. I wish somebody would reach out and say, I'm not going to be denied the promise. I'm not going to be denied the prophetic. I'm not going to sit about, around here and whine about the circumstance for the rest of my life. I am going to plead until I hear from God. Sometimes it seems that our prayers don't hardly have enough life in them to live. Your words hang like icicles beneath your tongues and you can barely hear the words yourself. But I say pray them anyway. I say plead anyway, cry anyway, hold on to the blessing, it's coming. God said, I will bless you there. So you gotta learn that even when you're in your hardest trial, you gotta learn how to plead. You gotta learn how to plead when it seems like nothing's working. But it's also a place of communion because it's not just you running your mouth and talking, it's also God speaking to you. He said, I saw God face to face. He decided to name that place, which was originally called there, and he decided to change it from there to Pinnell. And that's what I want you to do. I know where we're at right now. It's a difficult time for the church. I understand that. And I know that we are there. And I can't change there. But I'm going to name there, there. I'm going to name there, Pinnell. <laughs> I'm not going to just say, well, here we are. No, this is where we can see God face to face. This is where God can fulfill a prophetic word. This is where we can shake hell with the power of our preaching and our testimony. Somebody say, I've seen God. Somebody declare it to your family members. I've seen God in all of this. God is at work. How many blessings do we miss because we're too busy to commune with him? We want to talk and not listen. We don't want to hear what God's got to say because we're expecting God to correct some things, get rid of some things. But we ought to be running to him and sitting at the master's feet like Mary did. And she chose the better part. And he blessed Mary as she sat there. And he will bless us too if we will go to his feet and say, God, speak to me. Speak to me. That's the place of communion. It's not just a place of pleading. You gotta be open. If you're not open for God to speak to you where you're at, then you're not gonna get this blessing. You might get a good feeling. You might feel a little energy from the music and you might get a little buzz from everybody showing you attention. But outside of the attention buzz and outside of the energy from the service, that's about all you're gonna get. But I'm not interested in just people showing me attention. I thank God for the attention in all of these things. But that is not the place I want to be. I want to be able to call this Pinnell. I've seen God face to face. But it's also a place of weakness. 
And this is very, I mean, it's paradoxical, actually. I, I, I don't, it's just kind of weird because the angel, the angel touched the sinew in the hollow of his thigh. He got a blessing. But are you willing to get a limp with your blessing? See, that's the key that everybody misses. Oh, I want to be blessed there. I'm in a place of trial. But are you allowing God to shrink the sinew of your most precious thing in life? What you value the most, are you allowing God to shrink it? Can God shrink you to bless you with something greater than you? Wow. Now that is what the Lord showed me. He blessed him there. Did you ever try to preach and fail? Have you ever been in an unpleasant place and it looked like there was no blessing, but yet you discovered God blessed you there? Have you ever been in a difficult place? Now, you didn't notice it at the moment, but when God takes a rich man from his palace and puts him in a cottage or a dungeon, he just might bless him there. Talk to Joseph. He might have something to say. He's taken strong men and laid him on a sick bed, put his eyes out, put him at a wheel, being made fun of, but he blessed him there when he gave him the power to bring down the house. And not like we say bring down the house. He literally brought the house down and killed more in his death than in his life. The man's name was Samson. Might want to talk to him. He brought down the self-confident man full of assurance into a state of trembling and anxiety. But he blessed him there. How many industrious, pragmatic people who are busy with their usefulness and always got to be busy, and they got to be busy 24-7. They can never rest. They can never let their mind rest, their spirit rest, and they're always troubling everybody around them because they've always got to be busy with something. Something's wrong with that spirit because you don't have any Sabbath in your life. You have no rest, and God can't bless you there. Say, oh, but I want to be productive. Yes, you want to be productive, but is not that an idol by which you bow down to and a God that you have worshipped and his name is not Jesus? Maybe God wants us to take this time just to sit down and consider whether or not we are really doing the will of God. And can God shrink us so that he can bless us there? And I'm going to name the place Pinnell. You can put whatever name you want to on it. You can call it Corona if you want to, but I'm going to call it Pinnell. I'm going to call it Pinnell. He can take you men of good repute, people that have a good reputation and suffer your character to be evil spoken of and your good name be withered by just one false accusation. But the Bible says he blessed him there. They couldn't ruin Jesus because they couldn't taint his character. They could lie. They could bring false witnesses. They could change the narrative. They could manipulate the story. They could get somebody crying on the camera to get everyone convinced that their tears are, are the way it is for everyone. But I promise you that it's only a sham. And yet God can bless you there. I might halt with lameness. He might shrink my sinew. He might take my most precious thing, 
But I say unto you, and I want to encourage you, God is able to bless you wherever you might be. I just want you to seek for it. I want you to start looking for it. You say, but I'm in the house of trial. I think you ought to start looking for the blessing. Where is it? It's got to be somewhere because I'm all messed up. I'm in, I'm in the furnace. You ought to start looking for the blessing, the place of pleading. Brother Kinsey, I've been begging God. That's a good place to be. Keep begging God, but also get into a place of communion where he can talk to you. Well, you're not the only one crying and you're not the only one talking. And I suppose you've had your times of humbling and God stripping you down to the very lowest point of your life. But I say God's going to bless you there. Consider all the places that God has blessed us. Now notice this in Hosea 12 and 4. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him and he found him in Bethel. And there he spake with us. Now that's unique because God wasn't just talking to Jacob. Now you could argue the point theologically that this was only given to Jacob and that we have no right to claim such things and we have no right to preach what we're preaching because it would be fallacy to be able to claim this. But I believe that according to Hosea 12 and 4, which was written centuries after about Jacob's encounter, that God wasn't just talking to Jacob. He was talking to us. And so there are hallmark and precedents that God sets in Scripture that whenever he deals with a person in a certain way, it is meant to send a signal to every generation down the line, I will deal with you the same way. And according to Hosea 12, 4, this encounter that Jacob had with the angel is absolutely a precedent set by divine order. I feel the Holy Ghost right now that he doesn't just speak to Jacob, he speaks to us. Our blessing comes from eternity. I'm not asking God to bless me just in a giving me a buzz and an energy fix. I'm not talking about going to the uh, Circle K and, and drinking a Red Bull and getting a buzz from it. I'm talking about a spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. I'm talking about a blessing that was decreed from the beginning. I'm talking about a prophetic word that was said from the very beginning that God's in covenant with us. He has blessed us and if we are believers in Jesus, we have access to the same promises. I could go through history, but I will only go to the cross for now where Jesus was made a curse for us and suffered in our stead and he blessed us there. And I stand at an empty tomb with Jesus risen and alive, escaped from the clutches of death that could not hold him. And I declare he blessed us there. He died for our transgression. He rose again for our justification and he resurrected to bless us there. He stood at the Mount of Olives and he pronounced a blessing upon his disciples. But it wasn't just for Peter, James, and John. It was for us that he said, and ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Woo! 
I wish y'all were in the house next week. It's, got, it's on now. Next week. I wish you were in the house. We'd be shouting and jumping and carrying on. But I'm going to tell you right now. I know we've got wounds. I know we've got problems. I know we got trials. But I believe that God has raised us up to sit with him in heavenly places. And I'm going to name this Pennell because I know what God has done. I'm so glad for all of my experiences. How many of you remember how God blessed you when you got the Holy Ghost? Does anybody remember? Some of you are too old to remember. I know you can't remember, bless your heart, way back yonder when you actually got the Holy Ghost for the first. You were so excited. You did cartwheels. You jumped. You shouted. You acted the fool. Now you've settled down and think you've matured. You haven't matured. You just did. You need to come alive. You just did. We hadn't buried your hide yet. But I promise you that when you find out how good God has been and he blessed you there, you look back on your life when you went through the trial, when your baby it looked like your baby was going to be taken from your sister Lydia. But God brought you out and now God can bring you forth and give you the blessing that he's decreed from the beginning that's the one I'm after I'm not after the buzz I'm not after the red bull fix I'm after the Holy Ghost eternal value of the prophetic word that's what I'm after if God could change we might doubt but since he does not change and he is without shadow of turning, I believe that he will uphold us. Remember, church, we have been upheld till now. He has helped us every time in need. And listen to this. He will again, after so much mercy passed, will he let us sink at last. I say no. I say God has been with us. Now you remember this. How many times have you come to church? I'm talking about this building. And you were down. And you were hurting. And God blessed you there. Amen. Now don't forget. I know that we have to live stream. And I know we're doing that to comply with a lot of different things. And there's just a lot of happenings going on in our world right now. But sitting at home live streaming is not like being in church. Okay, I understand that it is a substitute. There's times you can't come to church. I get all of that. But when you can get your hide dressed and you can be here in the house of God, you need to be here. We'll have certain restrictions moving forward. We'll talk about them tonight. But I'm going to say you ought to walk up in here next Sunday whenever it's your time to come to church and say, Sir, I want to see Jesus. I've seen enough of everything else. I want to see some Jesus in this house. I wish somebody would get that kind of attitude and say, I'm going to name this place Pennell because he blessed him there. And that is where we are now. And I'm going to plead. I'm going to commune. I'm going to let God shrink everything. And, and you know, he, he takes, God has a problem. He thinks he's God. And he just takes his liberty and does what I don't want him to do sometimes. <laughs> no, I don't want the shrinking. But if you want the blessing, you're going to get the shrinking. And you're going to go there. And he will bless you there. But you got to be there and you got to go there. And that's a their place. And you can't just go there. You got to name it right. 
because you can't spend all night crying about it. You got to spend that night in pleading with God, knowing he's got the power to change it. Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was crying out, wanting this cup to pass from him. But alas, there was no way for Jesus to bypass the drinking of that cup and save the world. And I'm so glad that he suffered there and he blessed us there. It's not just Jesus being blessed with resurrection because he was obedient. And the Bible says uh, that he learned obedience by the things he suffered and that he endured the cross, despising the shame that he might experience and receive the glory and, and, and have joy in the end of his suffering. And he knew and saw by foresight that that joy was there. And so he suffered that he might experience that joy. And he blessed us with that example and he blessed us there. So we're going to endure and I know the joy that was set before him, the glory that was set before him, he endured the cross. And God is going to bless us with that joy and we're going to experience it in our lives personally. So I want you to stand wherever you might be. I want you to stand if you can. If you're driving, of course, you can't stand. Don't do that. But if you are driving, you can lift one hand. Don't lift both. Please don't lift both hands. But lift one hand to the Lord. Just lift it up. Hold the wheel. You can keep your eyes open and Jesus will still hear you. But if you're at home, you ought to be able to lift both your hands and say, God, take me to the place where I can get this blessing. Take me to the place I got to find that place, Lord. And if you're a backslider and God is stirring your heart, you just reach your hands and maybe you're there. Maybe you're in that trial now. Maybe there are circumstances. And Jacob had caused his own problems, so it wasn't like it was a circumstance he couldn't control like we're in the coronavirus situation. We can't control that, but Jacob caused his own problem. But God said, I'll bless you there if you'll let me take you to the place I can change you and heal you. God, I'm giving God permission to heal me. I'm giving God permission to change me. I'm giving God permission and access to my life to shrink what's not pleasing to Him so I can become the child of God He wants me to be. So I want you to worship and I want you to pray. I want you to repent of your sin. Father, forgive us. Forgive us of our sin and of our, of our misconceptions, our assumptions and presumptions that have dominion over our thinking, that keep us from the blessing of the Lord. God, I ask that you would commune with your people. Speak to them. If you got to wake them up in the night, speak to them. Correct us, Lord, that we might find the place where you will bless us because you said you would bless us there. And there I shall go. I want to go there. I want to change the name and call it Pinnell. I've seen God face to face. Therefore, my life is preserved. See, I can do without the angel's name 
but I can't do without seeing God face to face. I gotta, I gotta find him. I gotta find my Abba. And so shall we find him at this time, church. Remember tonight, 6 p.m., gonna be online. I'll give you more instructions about how we're gonna do next Sunday, church. Our general superintendent, Brother Bernard, has talked with the Attorney General Barr and President's Attorney General and given instructions of how to start all of this back up. And we're going to follow those as best we can. And we're going to move forward in advance. God is going to be with us. I'll be so excited to see all of you next Sunday, May the 3rd. Until then, may God be with you and bless you and strengthen you. And may the Lord lift you up. See you tonight. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.